So this morning, we have got the privilege of Shane Cox coming to deliver a word around mental health. And so Shane's had his own journey, as we all have in this space. But I just I love this guy um, like a son. And uh, he has just been a joy to watch at times. Like a son, he's been a pain in the rear end. But uh, just hanging out with Shane over the last, I don't know how many years, 15 odd years, um, just investing in him. I remember teaching him to do hill starts in his car um, up at Mount Barker Summit. And he's like, why are we doing them here? It's dirt. And I'm like, if you can do a hill start on dirt, you'll do a hill start on bitumen. So just do it. And uh, he did. And uh, then he let his car roll down the hill so he didn't have to do them anymore with me. But um, <laughs> different hill and I wasn't there, so you can't play me. But Shane and Anna now run our youth and uh, have done for a couple of years. Just incredible couple in the church. And uh, we are going to be blessed today as we hear from Shane. So why don't you put your hands together and welcome him this morning. to John for your kind words. I was actually going to, I always think of that story on the hill <laughs> whenever I think about like if I'm going to talk about John and his influence in my life, it would be the story on the, on the dirt road on the summit because I was very scared <laughs> and I remember saying that to you like, why are we doing this on dirt? This is the worst. And there was a few skid marks and but we got there in the end and if what John was referring to was then my car was stationary in my driveway and the handbrake wasn't quite clicked in and it rolled down and hit a tree and that was the end of that. So I can do hill starts, the car couldn't. So it actually did start on the hill. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, I am Shane and um, it's a pleasure to bring the word. Why don't we just, I just want to stay in this space a little longer. Um, so I just want to invite you to close your eyes and as we pray, God, I just welcome you here. Father, that you've already done incredible things. God, that we've experienced amazing worship together. And God, lyrics in those, in those songs have already shifted hearts and shifted minds towards you. And God, we're so grateful that we can meet. And Lord, that we can sing together. We can pray together. We can laugh together. We can do life together. We are so grateful for the blessing of living in this country and in this state. We just pray that over the next 12 months, Lord, that you would continue to be on that journey. Father, that it gets complicated and it might not get any easier. It might just get strange. But God, that you are in it. You're in control. You've never not been in control. And we trust you and we believe you this morning. And so we just dedicate this next however long together. And we just pray that you would speak this morning. And God, that your word would be alive as it is and active and pierce hearts this morning and change lives. And God, that the transformation journey would start if it hasn't already, or it would continue this morning for all of us in this building and in our church family. In your mighty name, God, we pray these things. Amen. Awesome. Well, you can grab your seats. Worship team, thank you so much. You've done an amazing job. Can we put our hands together for our awesome worship team? Incredible. I love that last song. I love all those songs, but... That last song, man, I could sit there for the rest of the service and keep singing. Maybe shifting the mask a little bit because it does get a little soggy under there, doesn't it, with the old singing and the, but hey, nothing can stop us from worshipping, right? Come on. Awesome. Well, yes, I am speaking on 
mental health. <laughs> and I'll be the first to say right now that I am no doctor. I am no science lover. I, I like the idea of science, but I, I'm not here to give you uh, any scientific uh, help or like, you know, practical things that we can do mentally, and, and I'll leave that to the experts. But what I can do is share my experience. I can share what I believe God has told me about my mind and about my mental health, and I really believe I've had a lot of fun preparing this message, and it's there's been a moment of transformation in me, so I'm really confident that there'll be something that you can take from this, that God is speaking to us, and I know he's using me, it's a bit crazy, but he does use anyone and everyone who is willing and able. So get your uh, pens out for the ready. We um, say in youth all the time, we say, bring the word, a mate, and something to note take. And I think we can all apply that as adults. Bring the word because we do believe it's God's word and there's always something for us. Bring a mate. I think that's really awesome, bringing a mate to church. And I'm, I am always, whenever we say that chant in youth, I always think, you know, because I'm not going to bring a mate to youth because that's weird. But I always think, you know, who am I actually praying for? Who's my number one that I'm thinking about bringing to church and, and believing that they'll be standing alongside me in church? So I, I just want to use that as a reminder for, for us all. Who's that one person we're praying for? Um, because we've seen it happen before in people's lives, and we will see it again. But God wants to use us. We're actually the, the, His hands and feet on this planet, and the relationships that you have are the way. They're the mechanism that you can actually speak God's will and word into their life and believe and pray for the moment that they're standing alongside us in this church or in any church, worshiping Jesus as their Savior. And then the last one is something to note-take. Because we all forget things, right? I have recently bought a notepad. And I don't know if you've seen me out the front writing with a pen. I literally wrote last week, I have cramp. Because when I read the notes again, I wanted to know why it was so messy. And I really struggled with pens. Man, it's like I haven't used a pen properly since high school. And it's, so it's good training physically as well for the old pen grip. But there is something different about writing on paper and, and reading a Bible. I've got this Bible here. This is called Trash Your Bible. And that's not at all irreverent. That's not making fun of God's Word. It's actually trying to encourage me to use a pen on, the, on His Word and actually circle things and underline things and highlight things that then I can, if I'm maybe having an off day, open the book and bang, there's something highlighted and circled. And I'm like, there's, there it is. There's what I need today. So... The word, a mate, and something to note-take. I didn't actually start that. Pastor Simon did, who is now down in Parkside, leading the charge there with Georgia, and they're doing amazing things. So thank you, Simon, for that chant. I don't know how you came up with it, but it has stuck, and it's doing great things for our young people. Um, we just, I want to say on behalf of myself and Anna, thank you for, as a church, entrusting us to look after your young people, your teenagers, year sixes to 12, um, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting thing, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to do sometimes and through the COVID season we've kind of had our struggles with that but we just want to, I know that Anna is right behind me with this, we want to say thank you for entrusting us to continue to do that every Friday night. We've got an amazing team and a lot of our team have gone through youth 
uh, without families in the church and are now leading youth and are now really healthy, awesome leaders in the house of God. So when you see them, give them a, encourage them, hug them, buy them a coffee, do what you can to bless them because they are it. They're here every Friday and every Sunday and, and they try and get here every Wednesday and it's like church life, there's a lot going on, but they show up, they rock up, they do it with a smile, even with the masks on. So can we just encourage our youth team at the moment? So good. There's a few of them here. They're incredible. We love them. They're, they're what? They're, some of them are out kids serving on a Sunday. You just can't stop them. I just want to take a little longer just to honour Pastor Bruce and Julie. They have, as someone who's been in this church from, I think I was two, is that right? Two years old. You know, I've seen, I've grown up and as I've gotten older and started to volunteer more and work with them, you see a little more about what they have to do. And so I just want to honour them and, and really thank them for the opportunity to preach from here because it's a big thing and I really see that. And it's often I'll make jokes about like a larrikin like me up here preaching God's word but, and, and refer to how God can use anyone. And that's not because I don't, maybe it is, maybe I need to talk more positively about myself, but it really comes from a place of reverence for this platform and, and reverence for what it is. It's God's word. I'm very aware of it. So I'm very thankful that I get this opportunity. I want to honor Pastor Bruce. Oh, no, I just did. Wow. I just, I just honored him. I want to honor Pastor John and Emma for leading this location and for doing it. So come on, let's encourage them. Again, it's not an easy thing, and seeing behind the scenes what they deal with. I mean, even growing up and seeing their heart for this church before they had the role of location pastors, they've, they've been doing that role for much longer than they've had the title. They have been pour, they've poured their hearts into this. They have three kids, one on the way, to, to manage uh, amongst managing all of us. So uh, we're so grateful. We love you guys. And, you know, there's so many people that are standing here, like me right now, who are here because of you too. So, yeah, thank you guys for entrusting us and loving us and looking after us and fostering that. Uh, those relationships are really important. So thank you guys. Uh, two more people I'm going to honour <laughs> because I mean, you're all like, oh, man, is this all he's going to do? Yes. Well, if it's all I do, then God bless me. <laughs> I want to honour my mum because she, yeah, she has sent me messages all throughout the week being like, just praying for you, you know, you're going to do a great job. And I didn't respond to one of them, I don't think. Not because I didn't love you, but, you know, just because I think there's a lot of people laughing that they know how hopeless I am with a phone. So, but I actually got <laughs> Matt's clapping out the back very slowly. Um, and there's some people watching online probably going, yeah, I know that all too well. But um, I got the pleasure of going away with mum last week, just some son and mother time, and um, we had some other lovely people join us, but it was a really awesome time. We talked a lot, and on the drive there, we, we just, I just asked her one question, and she just kind of unloaded a whole story about my life from birth um, right to now, and it just, it really, sh it sh shook me. Like, it, it, it reiterated how awesome she is, and how much of a rock you were, mum, to continue to bring two boys to church, uh, to be a single parent, to continue to deal with all the rambling outside and, you know, dragging kids into church is tough. 
And as a single mother, she did it so well. And she prayed for us and she prayed with us. She taught us how to pray. And now I'm here speaking. And that can, that, a massive part of that is because of my mum. So thank you, mum, for what you installed in us. Um, there's still sayings that you, you used to repeat all the time that I now say and I will say to my kids because of what you... And I mean, you probably are praying for our kid on the way more than we even do, which is amazing. Every morning she's praying for our kid and she's doing a devotion and it's just amazing. And the, so thank you, mum. We love you. The last person is, of course, my wife, Anna. I want to honour her um, incredibly because we've had, it's coming up to four years of marriage and we still have moments where we like have a pinch yourself moment where we say this should be illegal for how much fun we have. This, should be, this shouldn't be allowed. We're laughing and it's, you know, we had people tell us the honeymoon phase is going to, is going to get, get you, you just wait until you wake up and there's smells coming out of the bed that you wish weren't there and, the, you know, there's like all the stuff that comes with just being a human being and living and you're in close quarters with the same person and it gets old. But we are still, I would say we're still in the, in the honeymoon phase and I pray that doesn't end because we just have the best time. You're my greatest encourager, and you inspire me so much. And every time you lead worship, man, it's just, it's inspiring, and it leads me out of my troubles. So thank you, Anna, for all you do and all you put up with. It's amazing. You're going to be an incredible mother, and yes, so thank you for all you do. All right, let's get into the Word. How about that? So this morning, we're going straight to Romans 12.2. This has actually been preached from twice in a row I think at, at this church, which is amazing already, um, this is one verse that you could repeat time and time again and learn off by heart, and it will do you a world of good to know this verse. I'm going to be reading from the NLT because I love the way that it phrases it. It's, it's, we've all probably heard this verse quite a lot, but I love the way the NLT words this. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Say think. Think. Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I just love the way it says, you might, have, you might remember that verse from the NIV saying, transformed by the renewing of your mind. But I love the way that the NLT says, changing the way you think. And that's my message this morning, is about changing the way we think. I've kind of called it the spring clean. We're going to clean out our minds this morning, and, it's, and it probably will start this morning. I, know, I don't know if you're like me, but spring cleans often last a whole year, because you're often very quickly clogging up the house with things again. And you're like, how did that get there? I just threw that out, I swear. So if this is the start of something that a new cycle in your mind this morning, then I think that would be an amazing thing. So I just want to invite you to close your eyes. This is, we've prayed. This isn't, we're not going to pray again. I just want to invite you to close your eyes. And I want to ask you a question because Facebook asks you this every time you open your homepage. But I believe God is asking us this right now. What's on your mind? What's, what is on your mind? You could be instantly thinking of situations at home, 
complex things, relationships, coffee after church, what you're doing for the rest of the day, what you've got to do for the week. What's on your mind? And you can open your eyes. I want you to just think about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't hear the kids say that. So cute. Open your eyes. <laughs> Perfect timing, really, wasn't it? I want you to think about that as we go on in this message. What's on your mind? And I want you to th- just remember that and reflect on that as we go through this. Um, I have been, that journal that Pastor John was talking about, amazing. You've got to get one. You have to jump on board with this series because it is so good. Pastor Rick Warren is incredible at what he does. And so I obviously was watching the one about mental health and I took uh, so many notes, pages of notes. And he talks about three things that the Bible tells us to do to change our mind. They are feed my mind, free my mind, and focus my mind. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. Feed my mind, free my mind, and focus my mind. I'm going to be mostly speaking about feeding my mind, but the other two do flow on from feeding your mind. Rick Warren starts with an incredible statement that says, God is more interested in changing your mind than your circumstances. And I remember pushing pause. This is straight in the video. I pushed pause straight away and I wrote that down. And I just prayed on that because it's so true. If I actually believe and trust God that he has my circumstances in in check, if surely a sparrow can eat and have a home, and I really believe that, then that can be a path to shifting my focus and prayer about changing my circumstances to changing my mind. God's not actually worried about your circumstances. And this was a massive highlight for me. God's not worried about it. He's not worried about what I'm sitting in, what I'm looking at, what I see, what's out of my control. And if we're honest, a lot of our circumstances kind of are out of our control. A lot of things happen to us. Maybe a lot of the stuff we think about and pray about and lift up to Him are actually just out of our control anyway. And that's an amazing thing to lift up to Him and to pray. And a a life walking alongside God and, and saying whatever comes to your head is a life worth living. In fact, it's the best way to live. But I wonder if we change that prayer to our minds and our focus on our minds, I wonder how much of our situations would change anyway and our circumstances would change in the process. John alluded to my journey through mental health. And I would, I would say, it'd be safe to say that I believed I was tormented by my thoughts. I believed that I had no control over my circumstances. I had no control over my thoughts. And I thought it was because of the circumstances that I had no control over my thoughts. And so I went on this cycle of almost self-abuse in my head. And even as I got opportunities to lead in church and to, I, remember, I still remember the first time I preached in youth. God be with that day. That was, that was an interesting time. <laughs> ask John if you want to know why. Don't ask John. He's shaking his head. It's in the past. Leave it in the past. 
But I remember I was just crippled by fear and crippled by, even when I had a, a family around me and of believers saying, come on, man, this is going to be great. And even I can even probably say that the last time I preached, I still had this fear. I still had this thing on me saying, like, come on, man, you're not good enough, or you have to be in the right headspace, and you were on Monday, but you're not now. And this cycle of negativity replayed in my head over and over and over again. And I can honestly say that through developing this message, I have found a key that actually stopped that. And I went through that process this morning. I woke up at about 6, wow, the alarm went off at 6.30. (laughs) And I rolled out at 6.55. I sat down and I'm like, I'm getting up at 6.30. She's like, woo, that's early. I was like, yes, I know, but I'm going to do it. I didn't. I woke up at 6, 6.50 something. Yeah, you didn't know you were out. Um, and I woke up and I, was, and I instantly like, put on worship music and I'm great in my headspace. And then when it gets to the end of that prep time, that's when those thoughts for me pop in. And I was thinking, oh, no, can you feel that oh, that uncertainty? You've lost it, man. You had it. Now you don't. And you're, you're like scared and you're not going to be able to do this well. But because I had prepared this message, I actually went through the cycle of this message, spoke it out over myself, and it, I can honestly say that I have a peace on me and the way I'm thinking is so sharp like it's never been before. And so I know that this process of feeding my mind, freeing my mind, and focusing my mind is something that works, and it's something that's biblical, and it's something that God wants for each and every single one of us. So as I said before, I love the way the NLT words that verse, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Rick Warren says that no transformation happens in your life unless your thoughts start to change. Just think about that. Well, think about that. No transformation can happen in your life unless your thoughts start to change. Pastor Bruce said last week that transformation starts on the inside and shows fruit on the outside. And he was also talking about how so often the world wants the other way. It wants to change your outside so that it can control and change your inside. But what God wants is he wants to change your inside so that you start to change on the outside and show fruit on the outside. It's like that old verse that says, what you do in secret will come out in public. It's the same with your heart. What you do in secret, what you do in your closet, what you do in your, your quiet place is what you're going to show in public. And I've had times in my life where I've put on a show, where I've put on an act because I was ashamed of what was going on in, in private in my heart. And what I, what I spent my time and thoughts doing. But you, when you change from the inside out, you can stand on this confidence and this rock of, of, of and it doesn't really even matter what comes out on the outside. It doesn't matter that I didn't brush my hair. It doesn't matter that I look a little bit kooky or, or that I move my arms in weird ways because what's happening on the inside is real and true. And I'm believing that as whatever I do, whether, whether it's, making coffee, whether it's cleaning the toilets, which I did, this, <laughs> I did this week because one of them clogged up in church, and so I tried to give it a go <laughs> at cleaning it out. Is it all good, John? Did you look at it? Seems to be okay. So there we go. But it doesn't matter what I do. If my heart's in check and my, what's, if, if I'm changing on the inside, that'll change my outside. Pastor Emma said two weeks ago, I think it was, yeah, she said, 
You have a choice to what culture you create in your family and your homes. So there's this theme going on about choosing, about choices that we have. And we actually might have a little more choice over our thought life than maybe we think. You might even be doubting right now as I speak about the importance of our thoughts. You might be going, ah, they're not that important. In Proverbs 4, 23, I think on the screens it's going to be the NLT. But I recently, kind of recently, have found this version of the Bible called the ICB. Has anyone heard of the ICB? Correct, Pastor Emma. It is the International Children's Bible. And we love it because in youth, we, we use it quite a lot because it just has this way of describing things simply, which I think we all need a little bit more simples in our life, right? And it says, be careful what you think about, your thoughts run your life. Pretty black and white there. I think I'm a bit of a black and white thinker. So when I read that and something just simple like that, it's like, boom, right, take it at home, nothing else. Let's go, let's do that. Thoughts run your life. And I just run with it. So what you, you will create, sorry, what you think about. If right now you're thinking, oh, geez, Shane, some of my thoughts are pretty dodgy, man. The good news is you are in very good company. I think everyone in this room could relate with having some pretty dodgy thoughts sometimes. Maybe someone annoys you and you have some pretty dodgy thoughts. Maybe you're annoyed and you have some pretty dodgy thoughts. <laughs> we can all go through these cycles of just having, mm, let's say, even mean thoughts about certain people. The good news is that you are in good company. We all think that. But the better news is that you can get free of those silly thoughts and create new cycles or a new cycle of thoughts in your life. It is simple, but it's not always easy. And that's the truth. Maybe sometimes we think or we say it's complex, it's too hard. But it's actually not complex. But it it's simples, but it's not easy. So I, I was thinking about this, and I came up with, the, as I thought about spring and spring cleaning, and it's not something we've ever really done. We might today. <laughs> we need to. Renovations. Oh, yep. Don't even get me started on renovations. Story for a different day. So I thought about the spring clean-out, and I came up with this analogy called the thought dump. And I, I work with pictures. I'm a, I'm a, a picture guy. I, I like pictures. Words fail me sometimes. So I like pictures. I like moving things. I love, I love movies. I love the way they capture you. And, and they just sometimes picture things in a different way. So I thought I have a choice with every thought. Picture this. I've got two bins. I should have brought two bins. Anyway, just picture it. One recycles. So we've got a recycling bin. One throws away. It's the rubbish bin, obviously. <laughs> Do I put my thoughts in the recycling bin? Where I actually, now we break the analogy of don't think directly of your bins at home and how the cycle works with the trash bin. Just, just go with me along this thought life, this thought pattern. Do I put my thoughts in the recycling bin where I hold on to those thoughts and don't manage them properly? 
I let them sink in. I let them stink. I let them replay in my head and grow mold and weeds until the day I might resurface these thoughts and then try and make something good out of them myself because that's what I want to do. Or do I put them in the rubbish bin and let them go to the garbage man to decide whether or not they can be made into something good or maybe they need to be thrown away? Let's continue down this analogy a little longer and bring in some facts. I actually like hearing facts. They're very interesting. Rubbish. In 2017 to 18, Australia, we used 3.4 million tonnes of plastic in Australia. Don't worry, I'm not going to start saying we should all become eco-evangelists and, you know, pushing crazy agendas. No, I'm just, it's, that's mind-boggling to me. Just 9.4% of that, which is 320,000 tonnes, was recycled. Of that amount, 46%, which is 145,700 tonnes for those playing at home, was reprocessed in Australia and 54% was exported for reprocessing. Only about 2% of our waste is converted into energy. So that's, you know, 2017 and 18, but that's the latest study I could find on rubbish. Now let's think about our mind, because those numbers are all well and good with rubbish, but they don't actually directly relate to our minds. It's just a good analogy. So our minds, according to the TLEX Institute, TLEX Institute, the National Science Foundation says that on average we have 60,000 thoughts a day. And I actually mentioned these stats last time I spoke, which lines up really well. 80% of them are negative. 95% of them are exactly the same repetitive thoughts as the day before. The Cornwell, Cornell University, sorry, released a study that says 85% of what we worry about never happens. With 15% of worries that did happen, 79% of the subjects discovered that either they could handle the difficulty better than expected or that the difficulty taught them a lesson worth learning. The conclusion is that 97% of our worries are baseless and result from an unfounded, pessimistic perception. That's pretty harsh words right there, isn't it? 97% of your thoughts, your worries, come from an unfounded, pessimistic perception. If that doesn't shock you, I don't know what will about your mind. The fact that our mind is that crazy, that it's that big of a battle zone, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See how it says, take captive. I got another funny little picture for you. This is, this is the funniest one. Can you imagine you're the commanding officer on a raid of an enemy camp. Your task is to take the leader, the enemy leader, captive. So you stealthily sneak in. You got your squad behind you. I gotta follow this. You take out a few guards. 
and have a visual on the enemy leader. You can see him, and it becomes, it's just you and the enemy leader, and your squad's already dealt with everything, and, but it's just up to you. You're looking at this enemy leader, and you're like, this is the whole mission. This is what it relies on, me and him. And instead of pulling out anything else, you pull out your phone, you call the prime minister, and he picks up and he's like, yeah, g'day, this is Scotty, what's good? How, what can I do for it? And you say, ah, yes, Mr. Prime Minister, I've got the enemy leader in sight. He's disarmed and he's alone. It's the perfect opportunity to take him captive. So I was wondering, can you come over and take him captive for me? Because it's just such a burden for me, man. Like, I'm so overwhelmed. I just need to be relieved from this pressure. Can you imagine what he would say? I can't because I've never been in that situation, nor probably ever will be. But I could imagine there'd be like a pin drop moment of like, are you kidding me? Like from the prime minister being like, I've charged you to actually go to this enemy camp and take this out. And you're right there. And then you call the prime minister, you call me and ask me to come over and do it for you. I think that's how sometimes we operate with our thought life. We go, God, I can see this thought. I can see what I'm thinking. I know it's the enemy. I actually know that you don't want me around him. You don't want that malicious thought in me. I know that. I know that you have good things for me. So I'm going to pray about it. God, would you come? And take away this thought. God, would you come and fix my thoughts? God, can you come and mold my thoughts? Because it's so bad. It's so, so much pressure. And I'm not trying to make light of our thoughts. Some thoughts can be really hard. But God will not come and think for you. And he will not come and do what he's actually tasked us to do in our own lives. The Bible says that this is a, a temple. This body is a temple. And it's a, a miracle that he chooses this place to meet with us. But he has entrusted us to take our thoughts captive and submit them to him. And I think we so quickly, well, I have wasted so much of my life asking God to take things from me. It was like what Jason was talking about this morning about just asking God to take away this thing from me so I don't have to deal with it anymore. And I've heard that with situations before, but it just hasn't quite clicked about my mind that God has actually given me all authority, all power to speak and capture my thoughts, speak to, capture these thoughts, submit them to Him so that they no longer cycle in my brain and in my life. He's empowered me to do it. And the way to do it is to feed my mind with good things. How often do we sit there and feed on garbage? All the time. The truth is you will recycle something. Your brain will pl play soundtracks throughout the day whether you like it or not. And that's why I love to listen to worship music. Because not only can I use it as a tool to worship God in a moment and, and with us together, 
but I can actually start to remember the tunes, melodies, and words and recycle them in my day. How many annoying songs do you recycle in your day? How many, how many times are you on the way to work or somewhere and you hear this song come on the radio? The only one I thought of in this time, <laughs> which is not on the radio, it probably is at some point, was that song, Don't You Go Out In The Rain. You know that song? Don't go out in the pouring rain. You might think that's a pretty groovy tune, man, but it's like, good job, Sherlock. You don't want to get wet. All right? <laughs> that's not very wise. I know that already. I don't want to get wet, so I won't go out in the rain. Thank you, Dragon, for that insight into life. I wonder if we could shift that to listening to music that's actually worshipful for God, that has God's Word in it, so that when we think of these things in our heads, we can actually start to recycle, not don't go out in the rain, because you already know that, but we can start recycling things like this. I still believe you're moving. I still believe you're speaking. God, I believe you're working all things for good. I fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. God, I believe you're working all things for good. Even right now, I can sense right now my atmosphere around me has changed. My thoughts have changed. My focus has changed. So when I feed it with good things, with God's Word, then it's free to do those bad recycling thoughts are gone because I'm feeding on the good stuff, and now I'm focused. And now I've started off the day thinking not to avoid the rain because I'll think that anyway, but I'm actually... Singing under my breath, I still believe you're moving. I still believe you're speaking. God, you're working all things for good. And as we change our minds and change what we think about, there is no way, it is impossible for your circumstances not to change. They will change. God's word does not return void. It doesn't not move. It doesn't not change something or someone. It will change something and it will change you. The other thing, thanks Anna, the other thing is imagine if we just go straight to the Word of God. We don't need to rely on melodies and rhythms. We just go straight to the Word of God. Colossians 3, 2 says, says set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. In Isaiah, God says, my ways are higher than yours. So of course, I want to be thinking about His ways. What are his ways? Well, they're in here. <laughs> so read them, recite them, pray them, repeat them on your head, in your, in your head, not on your head. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Imagine if you repeated that every single day. And when those other thoughts come in, and they will, because that's what the enemy wants to do is to distract you. And he wants to be like, you know what? Look at this circumstance. It's not good enough. And when you have that temptation with that thought, it's like, am I going to put this in the recycling bin and cling on to this and hope that it turns for good? Or am I just going to give this away? One of my best mates always says, let go and let God. And it's actually an incredible truth. Let go and let God. It's not letting go of the responsibility. It's actually being responsible with what God's given me and acknowledging that he's in charge anyway. He's in control. Can I just have the band come back up as we wrap up this message?
I hope that something has stuck out to you. Even if it's just one sentence, we often say in youth, if you just write down one thing in your notepad and that's what you take home and pray over, it's, it's a seed for something that can hopefully change the way that you think and change your mind. If you feed on that, if you feed on God's word, if you feed on his, you know, the music that people worship to him with, if you recycle these things in your head, you eventually will get a new soundtrack. And we've, I've heard that before in church about people talking about soundtracks and about your mind always playing a soundtrack. But if we throw out the garbage, if we feed on the truth, if we break the cycle of captivity and step into the cycle of freedom, if we do away with the endless stress of a cluttered mind, and shift our focus on the simples, the simple truths that can bring strength, security, serenity, and confidence. Now, I really believe there's only one way to do this. There's only one way to change my mind like this, and that's to know Jesus. So I just wanna invite you all to close your eyes and just have that moment Do you need to meet Jesus today? Jesus says He's the way, He's the truth, He's the life. And if you have heard me speak about that soundtrack, that recycling soundtrack of negativity and of hurtful thoughts, maybe you can relate to me about what I was talking about earlier about my own thoughts could be more positive. But you've never met Jesus. I just wanna give you that opportunity to respond. And if you're watching online, there's a a link that you can click at the bottom. And we would so love to hear that you've prayed the prayer that's on that website to invite Jesus into your life. We'd love to hear from you. So please send that through. But if there's anyone here, I'm just gonna count down quickly. If you wanna give your life to Jesus, now is the time, now is the moment. Get a new soundtrack. Do the spring clean. Be away with those negative thoughts. So I'm gonna count down on the count of three. Three, two, one. If that's you and you wanna meet Jesus this morning and you're in this building, put up your hand. I'd love to pray with you after. Won't make a scene. Amazing. So good. The second thing that I wanna ask is if that you want, if what I spoke about is really really spoken to you and God's Word has gotten through to your heart. It's, it's not my Word, it's God's Word. And if you just want to have a moment with God and just pray with Him and spend time with Him this morning, decluttering, throwing out those soundtracks and, and getting His soundtrack for your life, I just want you to lift your hand. It's, I'm not even looking. But it's just you acknowledging to God, God, I want this moment. God, I want to clean out. I don't want these negative thoughts. Maybe you've had these thoughts for so long. I have too. And I can honestly say that we can break them together. So Father, for every hand that's raised or every heart that is responding to your message this morning, God, I just pray and declare that the soundtrack is broken. Lord, that the cycle is disrupted And God, that your cycle 
is beginning right now. God, not through magic, but through a choice that we are making this morning. God, we will commit to changing our minds. We will commit to changing our soundtracks. God, we look to you, our helper, our friend, our father. Jesus, our saviour. We know we can do all things through Christ who sets us free. In your mighty name, we pray these things. Amen.